This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. And today we're going to have a look at a section of the Oranga Tamariki Act uh, that has great influence and import, and we're going to find out a little bit why. Section 7AA, joining us more this morning to talk about that is uh, Samantha Fowler. Morena, lovely to have you with us, Sam. Thanks for coming in. Kia ora, thank you for having me. So let's talk about this Section 7AA. What is it? So Section 7AA is Parliament's most recent effort at addressing inequities facing Māori and the care and protection system. In the past, Oranga Tamariki's policies and practices have not been aligned with Te Ao Māori, and this has shown itself in the disproportionate effect on Māori. Section 7AA places specific, mandatory duties on the Chief Executive in relation to the Treaty in order to reduce disparities by setting measurable outcomes for Māori children and young persons. This is with regard to mana tamaiti, whakapapa, whanaungatanga, as well as developing strategic partnerships with iwi. All right, Sam. So what are some examples of, of partnership between Oranga Tamariki and Māori? So Section 7AA2C effectively enables Oranga Tamariki to partner with, delegate to, and importantly devolve powers, resources and functions to iwi and Māori. Uh, some current examples are with Naitahu and Waikato Tainui. Um, so in practice, what can the section do? So Section 7AA seeks to hold the Chief Executive to account and acts as a legal yardstick for measuring the conduct of the government so it can expose the shortfalls that require action. Mm, Okay, so what would you say was the overall aim of that change? The aim of the Act and the addition of Section 7AA is to honour the kin matrix. This means only removing children from whānau when there is a serious risk of harm and returned where practicable for protection from harm. The importance of maintaining cultural identity is a priority when placing children with a caregiver of the child's hapu, then iwi, and then a person of the same ethnic or cultural background. So is there a tension between te ao Māori and the paramount obligation of the child's welfare and best interests that we hear about often? It could instead be argued that the Act poses the individual child versus the whānau. Instead of recognising the best interests of tamariki Māori will always be within the kin matrix. The real challenge is in working out how this is achieved and not whether to do so. Some commentators have suggested that the court has been a bit too shy to examine how continued attachment between tamariki Māori and their whānau can be achieved because they are not looking at it through treaty principles. However, this may be changing as we see the courts sometimes show a greater desire to explore this space. Big question, but uh, how is, would you say, care and protection systems, uh, how are they failing Māori at the moment? The failures of the care and protection system in respect to Māori have manifested recently in the 2019 Hawke's Bay uplift case of a Pepe Māori. This case concerned the attempted uplift by misapplying Section 78 based on outdated historic concerns while the mother was supported by hapu and whānau members at the hospital. Uh, Between 2015 and 2018, the total number of newborn uplifts rose from 211 to 281, the majority being Māori. This shows a deep, persistent and increasing inequity, which extends across all age groups. So we have this Section 7AA in effect. Uh, Has it been successful so far in making uh, any positive changes? 
While Section 7AA has been used to argue for greater recognition of treaty principles, it has proved useful only so far as seeking declaratory relief or reviewing the Chief Executive's decisions. So while Section 7AA is used to ensure the duties of the Chief Executive can be fulfilled, it seemingly provides very little immediate aid in removal situations such as the Hawke's Bay case. However, even though Treaty of Waitangi and the Act has been recognised, Section 7AA does show a stronger assertion of treaty relevance. So, when looking at it now, what does the first Section 7AA report tell us? The report agreed there needs to be a stronger focus on building whānau capability and a by Māori for Māori with Māori approach, providing support on the basis of te Māori. The Chief Executive does admit that the Crown needs to ensure whānau participation in decision-making by more deeply embedding Māori relationships and engagement. Generally, the Crown wishes to enable a community-led collaborative approach under the principle of partnership, but lacks a vision on how to achieve this. Mm, Okay, so just finally, Sam, looking forward, what are commentators saying the future of care protection looks like? So there were several major reports released between 2019 and 2021, uh, which all have the theme of transformational change. Going forward, hopefully we'll see a shift away from unilateral Crown decisions and a dismissive attitude. Additionally, commentators urge Māori children should not be placed in state care without a committed search for suitable placement in whānau, hapu and iwi. What comes out is a by Māori, for Māori, with Māori approach to bring about long-term sustainable solutions. This would include a system, practices and frameworks informed by Papa Māori with a focus on mana-enhancing early intervention. Well, it is an issue that has been near the top of the list for attention over recent years, hasn't it, Sam? I, mm. I guess you'll be keeping a weather eye on it, as will many others around the country. Thanks so much for bringing us up to date with those changes to the Aranga uh, Tamariki Act and uh, their impacts. Uh, we'll keep a finger on the pulse. And we cover uh, other matters affecting our daily lives in terms of New Zealand law with uh, Community Law Otago each and every week, and here's how you can find them. Community Law Otago. Free legal advice and support for the people of Otago. Visit our weekday advice clinics at 169 Princess Street, Dunedin. Clinic session times are available from the website communitylawotago.com. Ring 474-1922 or 0800-169-333 if calling from outside Dunedin. Speak Legal is made with support from the law faculty, University of Otago, training for life. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.